All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today I am rejoined by Jeff Schultz of The Athletic to talk about his interview with Arthur Blank and get his thoughts on the decision to hire Arthur Smith, as well as the expectations for this Falcon team entering 2021. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalcFans.com, RIP, still going strong, however, on Twitter at FalcFans, and of course, the host of this preeminent Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And before we get into today's Locked On Falcons, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com, where you can find amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Just visit rockauto.com right now and tell them Locked On sent you. So today's episode is part two of my conversation with Jeff Schultz of The Athletic, who covers uh, all the Atlanta sports teams, including the Falcons. If you missed part one, that was on Thursday's episode. I would go back and listen to that where we touched briefly with Jeff on the decision behind trading Julio Jones sort of sparked from the interview that Jeff had with Falcons owner Arthur Blank and today is part two of that conversation where we get a little bit more into Arthur Blank's comments on the decision behind hiring Arthur Smith Jeff's thoughts on whether Matt Ryan is going to be joining Julio Jones in the near future as the next big star to leave Atlanta and what the sort of is the timetable on that we'll also discuss whether or not the Falcons are in win now mode whether or not the Falcons should be patient with this new coaching staff or you know the the bigger question is will they be patient with this new coaching staff given some of the circumstances surround the team and we'll get into all of that uh on today's uh, lockdown falcons podcast as part of our ongoing conversation where we've had multiple guests come on in the last couple of days and we'll continue to have guests come on over the course of this week and talk about their expectations for this falcons football team entering the season so without further ado we're going to jump literally right into the middle of my conversation with Jeff Schultz of the athletic. Of course you can find Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Schultz ATL. And he covers the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Hawks, the Atlanta Braves, uh, you know, the Atlanta United, all the teams over at the So we're going to jump right into that conversation right now. Let's move the conversation forward and talk about some of the other interesting insights from Arthur blank. And I thought one of them was in relation to nothing that had to do with Julio Jones mm-hmm but sort of why the reasoning behind his decision to hire Arthur Smith. And I think you touched upon this earlier um, a little bit with sort of expectations on Arthur Smith heading into the near future. But Arthur Blank mentioned, you know, Arthur Smith's success in the red zone, his emphasis on the running game in Tennessee is two of the big factors for him that attracted him to Arthur uh, Smith. And, you know, that's interesting because several months ago, uh, on a podcast I did where a listener emailed me about why did the Falcons hire Arthur Smith instead of someone like an Eric Bieniemy, And without going into all of the things I talked about in that episode, I basically said, if you're Arthur Blank, you sort of look at this team and, and whether this is a fair assessment of the team or not. Um, but if you're at least putting yourself in Arthur Blank's shoes, you probably look at this team and say, why aren't we one of the best teams in the NFL? Why are why were we unable to maintain what we had in 2016 and 2017 thereafter? And it's not a talent issue. It's a coaching mm-hmm. issue. 
And then you look at the backgrounds of Arthur Smith and sort of that lineage from Kyle Shanahan, the Matt LaFleur down to Arthur Smith and then Terry Fontenot coming from that New Orleans organization where they have basically been, you know, essentially able to navigate a tight salary cap situation in the last couple of years and be one of the top teams in the NFC. Arthur Blank is attracted to these guys. If you're being super cynical, as people know, I am want to be, but he's attracted to these guys because essentially they can run it back similar to why he gave Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov a long leash. And with that being said, do you feel like there is a high degree on Arthur Smith to win sooner rather than later? I know you already mentioned that this team may not be a playoff team for the next couple of years as they sort of navigate this cap situation. But or if, if that's the case, are we going to get to a point maybe in, in year three where it's like, you know, not only making the playoffs is going to be the the expectation, but it's going to be sort of the ultimatum in order for this, you know, thing to, to keep going at that point. Well, I think the last thing you said, assuming Arthur Blank still owns the team three years from now, I think he will. I will be. He will be. He actually looked really healthy uh, and seemed healthy when I talked to him the other day. Um, you have to win. And, and so I, I don't see... You know, it, it's hard to say because you don't know about injuries and stuff like that and how things yeah. go. But it being on the surface, if you tell me the Falcons don't make the playoffs three straight years and aren't really competitive, I think he's in trouble. Or Terry Fontenot's in trouble. It depends who who Arthur Blank wants to blame more. And you never really know at that situation. When Thomas Dimitrov was, was here, things started out great under Mike Smith and then went down. Um, Arthur, I know, had a high degree of respect for what Thomas did in terms of turning around his largely bankrupt organization, bankrupt in terms of on the field, not economically. Um, and and there was no way in the world, people were asking, there was no way in the world I thought that, that Thomas was ever going to get fired, but that he thought um, things needed to get better with Mike Smith. And, and then, of course, they went to... Um, <laughs> this is funny because when Arthur... Talked about well, you know he he's he had three defensive coaches before Jim Mora and Mike Smith and Dan Quinn. He conveniently skipped over Bobby Petrino, who was an offensive coach. <laughs> we just sort of wiped that from the memory bank. So that did that. 2007 never really happened. Doesn't count. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. count. Yeah. But as we go back to 2007 and Bobby Petrino, Petrino for all of his ills, some of which we knew about and some of which we didn't, he was brought in for only one reason. Number seven, he was brought in only for Michael Vick to see what he could do with his offense that, that was very impressive in college, um, what he could do with this, you know, video game of a, of a football player. And um, that was the idea. And, and yeah, the great offensive teams have won a lot of games in the NFL and have won Super Bowls, as you can see. And, you know, regarding... Um, where this team has mostly underachieved, it has been on the offensive side since 2016. Um, the defensive side has been more personnel, in my view. Um, they're better personnel overall in general, and we could debate on running back and offensive line and stuff, whatever. But in general, their star players, the guys who should win games, have been on the offensive side, not the defensive side. And if you look at where they're spending their money um, and the guys who are going to be their, their quote unquote standout players here in these next few years or year one to three years, it was going to be Matt Ryan. It was going to be Kyle Pitts or their first round pick. Um, it was going to be obviously Calvin Ridley. Um, and 
we could probably go through a few others here. They, they've obviously drafted a lot of offensive linemen here in these last two or three years. And I think Arthur correctly, in my view, Arthur Blank looked at it as an underachieving offense and that the defense was going to be more of a project. And if this team was going to have any success um, quickly, it was going to have to be with an offensive coach to maximize the people on that side of the ball quickly. Because if they didn't sign, obviously this decision was made before the draft. If they didn't sign or draft Kyle Pitts, they were probably going to draft a quarterback, right? I've been led to believe that they might have drafted Trey Lance. Okay, they might have been draft, might have drafted their next quarterback. But regardless, you needed a head coach on that side of the ball, and you needed some creative play calling because, as you know, I don't. We could do another three podcasts on Dirk Cutter. That that wasn't the case with Dirk. And I and I, I've done about a hundred right exactly. And I I actually <laughs> had um, for an upcoming column. Um, with Matt Ryan, I actually had a 10 to 15 minute conversation with him alone on this subject about, is it really, is it really Arthur Smith's playbook or is it Arthur Smith's play calling and creativity? And as Matt said, we've used the same playbook for six years. Okay. The whole, the whole things with scheme and, and, and plays and all this stuff in my view are so overstated. I mean, a lot of these schemes are basically the same, or playbooks are largely the same throughout the NFL, okay? They all have the same plays. The question is, which ones are you calling, okay? Are you calling things that the the defense doesn't expect? And, again, not going too far, because I don't want to upset you (laughs) or me. We haven't seen that the last two years. So, yeah, they were going to go on the offensive side of the ball with the coach. Um, If it wasn't going to be Arthur Smith, it might have been Joe Brady, an offensive whiz kid who may or may not be ready, or it was going to be Eric Bieniemy, who may or may not be a head coach. I don't know. It's very strange. He hasn't gotten um, a job yet. Um, but but I would have been stunned if they had hired another defensive coach coming off the situation that they were coming off of and, and where they want to go. And we'll continue to talk more with Jeff Schultz about the pressure to win now and how that not only affects Falcons head coach Arthur Smith, but also quarterback Matt Ryan with Jeff giving us his thoughts on whether Matt Ryan might be playing in his final season here in Atlanta coming up on today's Locked on Falcons podcast. But before we get there, guys, I do want to let you guys know about the pick and pull that we are now running for the Locked on Falcons podcast. Uh, if you want to join for free at runyourpool.com, you can do so. If you're looking for the link to join the Locked on Falcons League, you can find it by going to the Locked on Falcons Twitter page. It's the pinned tweet at the top. You can just click that link. Sign up and you're in and we'll be doing a, a straight up pick em contest this year. So you can have bragging rights over people like myself and the other listeners to say that you're smarter than the person that hosts the Lockdown Falcons podcast. So definitely join that. At, again, go to the Lockdown Falcons Twitter page and it's the pin tweet at the top of the page. Now, it's also that time of year and everybody's eyes are turning over to football because teams are back on the gridiron and it's the start of the season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now only at BetOnline. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at BetOnline.ag and you will receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage 
advantage of their opening day super promo, which means if you make a bet on Thursday, September 9th for the season opener between the Bucks and Cowboys, even if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using that promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And that brings me, I, I guess, to to my next question. You know, talking about the expectations heading into the season. To me, the thing that I find fascinating is that there's this sort of mix of expectations. And I put out a poll on Twitter. Uh, you know, last week about, you know, how many wins do people sort of expect? And, and the bulk of people were somewhere between like seven and nine wins or something, somewhere in that mm-hmm. range. Uh, so above slightly below 500 or so, or whatever the equivalent now and what the 17 game season is, but it, it's, it's going to be interesting to me, the choice that the Falcons make, because gaining back to the point made about the consequences of losing, it's hard for me to, fathom a world where the Falcons are just kind of mediocre and then continue to down the path that they're on with like Matt Ryan being, you know, 37, 38 years old, making 30, $40 million. We we just haven't seen a team do that in the NFL right. where they're paying a quarterback that age, that old, uh, at, you know, that much money to basically be mediocre. Right. And so that's why I feel like there's this pressure to, for the team to win now and even though I, I don't feel as compelled to say they have to go to the playoffs this mm-hmm. year, I feel like you can kind of only really afford, given those expectations, maybe one year of missing the postseason. And, you know, if you can get that out of the way year one, I, I guess it's probably more advantageous if you're going to lose, lose now as opposed to later. But I just sort of wonder if there's going to be this pressure for this team to, you know, next year to to win and then that's going to put the pressure on them to basically get Terry Fontenot to, to borrow from Mickey Loomis and just say let's just kick this salary cap situation down the road so it to me I, I feel like there's this basically the point I'm trying to make is I feel like there is this pressure here in Atlanta to win now and I don't know exactly what that pressure is going to lead to certain decisions down the road and obviously sitting here speculating about what's going to happen a year or two from now is is, is kind of foolish on, on our part but I just think there's just there's something like there's just not going to be the leash for this new regime that we had with the old regime, and so there's at some point they're going to have to turn it into wins. Yeah, you, I, you see where I'm going. Oh, absolutely, with that? and I, I think um, I, I think Arthur Blank, on some level, I know he understands the cap situation, and and I think there's a there's two Arthurs, I think, inside his head. There's the Arthur who was like, damn it, we have to win now. I have to sell PSLs. We have to get that sponsorships. We have to keep revenue. There's that side of it. And 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 I think that was the dominant Arthur early in his ownership tenure. Now, you know, however 15, however many years down the road that he's owned the team, um, probably more than that, I think, um, he is, he's the Arthur that understands the realities of the NFL and he understands the money pit that this team is in. And he understands that he just moved on from Julio Jones and he's going to have to move on from, from Matt Ryan. And if, if there's one person I think who's under more pressure to prove himself 
it's not the coach or the GM in the short term, it's the quarterback. And I'm not saying that to suggest to all the Matt Ryan fans that I think he's been awful, because he hasn't been awful, okay? But he is, to your point, 36th, what, 37th, however old he is. I should know that, but I don't. Um, we know he's near the finish line to some degree, unless you're Tom Brady. Um, and and he is going to have to, if not, I think he will have to win a certain, they will have to win a certain number of games this year, but they absolutely will have to show progress. And he will have to show, he will have to, by the end of the season, have left people with a good enough impression that, okay, we can keep this guy for another year. Okay. And I'm still leaving 2022 open-ended. Here's why. Because while everybody assumed that when they restructured his contract to create cap space for 2021 so they could sign their draft picks and they were ready to say goodbye to Deion Jones if it happened, because that's what basically what it was going to come down to. Um, when they restructured his contract, everybody assumed that locked him into 2022. That's not 100% true. Um, realize that when they did that, his cap number this year, and again, I don't want to get too deep in this stuff because my eyes bleed, and I know everybody else is good too. <laughs> um, his cap number this year, while a somewhat manageable $26.9 million, leaps next year to something in the 40s. It's ridiculous. And mm-hmm. there is no way on God's green earth he is going to – the Falcons are going to have him play next year for that figure, okay, which means one of two things. They're either going to trade him, cut him post-June next year, like they did with Julio, and take a hit up front. Now, I don't have that number uh, uh, on me right now, what the number would be, but it wouldn't be 40-something, okay? I think it's 26. Yeah, somewhere whatever, okay. Or they're going to have to restructure him for the 47th time. <laughs> they're going to have to do one of those two things next year. And, and I'm convinced even though they won't say that, I'm convinced that that decision is going to be based on what happens in 2021. Now, does that mean they have to go 10 and seven? No, but I think it does mean that they're, he, he and they, cause I don't want to put it all on him, but, but he and they are going to have to prove that they are an improving functioning offense and, and it looks good or better for 2022. Um, but this is going to be a tough year. I mean, it's a, it, you know, first year, first year coaches, first year, first year coach, first year GM, new regime, new schemes, a, a lot of really young players, not a lot of depth, the same issues we've seen before. And on top of that, something really hard, nobody's really talking about. In a 17 game season, they only have seven home games. <laughs> okay. They were they gave away one of their home games for London, and then when the when the league went from sixteen games to seventeen games, it was a road game. So of their seventeen games, they got seven at home, nine on the road, and one <laughs> neutral side in London, basically. Um, and when you only have seven home games out of seventeen, um, that's not good. Okay, I mean this team hasn't proven to be good enough to win any game that many games, period, let alone road games which tend to be harder. I don't know the numbers. Maybe you mm-hmm. know the statistics offhand. But as a general rule, 
I know in Vegas, home teams get three points. <laughs> they get three points yeah. for a reason. So, yeah, I, I, it's, I think it's going to be a tough year. I really do. Um, but it's a weird league, you know, and who knows what's going to happen with the Saints. Um, who knows what's going to happen with Carolina. I, I think Tampa Bay is still going to be really good. I saw what they went through last year, um, and it took a Brady a while to get going. And by the end of the year, he was as good as ever, and he shows up at training camp this year, and he's not even wearing a knee brace. I mean, and so I, I have no reason to think that Tampa Bay is going to take a step back. Um, and it almost starts in the division because that's where most of your games are. So I, um, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a hard year, but it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting year because I think they're going to churn through a lot of players. I really do. I think they're going to be constantly changing roster spots. So we're going to wrap up today's Locked On Falcons here with Jeff Schultz of The Athletic talking about whether or not the team's win-loss record will be an accurate reflection over an improved coaching job from this new regime headed by Arthur Smith. But before we get into that, guys, I do want to plug one of the daily podcasts devoted to the NFL draft, and that's the Draft Dudes podcast hosted by Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. And for all of you that are really into college football and want to know who are the stars that you should be keeping your eye on each and every weekend, uh, of course, Kyle and Joe have you plugged in there. Subscribe to the Draft Dudes podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So today's episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto with ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer when you already have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket? Save time and money when using Rock Auto. You'll spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you order from a chain store or car dealership. Meanwhile, Rock Auto's prices are always reliably low for every customer. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website yourself today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another device lets you stream your favorite shows and you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without any of the hassle. And it's a great way to find and get your TV together. It's called direct TV stream and it brings your live TV and on demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another other device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package yeah i you know i think this year's going to be an interesting one for them to see sort of whether or not i don't want to say live up to the hype because i feel like there isn't this is probably one of the least hyped falcon Teams no question. In a while. No question. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I, but it is one of those things where, like, all off season we have been sold the idea that we're going to need a massive upgrade in coaching. And you know, from my perspective, you would assume that if you're, you know, if you have the quote unquote talent of a seven win team, if you have excellent coaches, you should win more than seven games, right? That's sort of the general belief, right? You should 
your 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 record should reflect more than what your talent indicates. And so for me, one of the difficult things I'm trying to reconcile is the idea, like, let's say they go seven and 10 Mm -hmm. this year. And if we are to believe that they have such improved coaching, that probably suggests that the talent level of this team is what a five or six win team. And then we look at their four and 12 record last year and we say, well, either they, if they were, that team was underachieving, they have gotten massive, significantly worse from a talent standpoint over the last year, which I, you know, however you feel about that, or that that talent level of that team a year ago was not so much better that the four and 12 outcome shouldn't have been a huge surprise. So to me, I'm just fascinated to see what happens this year um, in terms of, you know, I'm sure we will have more conversations over the next four months, but uh, I'm just very interested to see sort of what this coaching staff, given the sort of promises that have been put out there over the last six or so months about the upgrade that they represent, how that manifests itself. uh, If, if that is winds up being true or if that winds up not being so true, I I guess. Yeah. I, I, I I sort of agree on multiple things that would seem to be, in conflict with each other, right? I mean, I I agree that the team has underachieved. I also think the talent has been overstated. Um, I, and, and I think that largely because um, the depth hasn't been there. I think a lot of people have sort of, you know, latched on to some of the marquee names in the early, in the front part of the depth chart and not realizing that it kind of drops into a black hole after that, Okay. And in this time of salary cap and and uh, and um, injuries and everything else, you need that depth to win games. Those guys play a lot of snaps on both sides of the ball. Um, I also think there were some guys that got contracts the last few years who didn't deserve them. Um, and I thought there were some guys last year who were signed that should not have been signed. Todd Gurley, Dante Fowler. Um, I think a lot of these guys were sort of brought in to try to save everybody's job for one year. Okay. And it backfired. Um, And I'm interested to see how some of these guys who were brought in by the previous regime will transition in the new regime. Okay. You don't have to worry about guys like Grady Jarrett, obviously. Okay. Uh, I don't think you have to worry about AJ Terrell. I think he's, I think he's good. Or, or um, a couple of the offensive linemen, or, or certainly Calvin. Um, I think, or Tyler Davidson. I think a lot of these guys are, are good. They'll be fine. But I think when you start going to that next tier of players, um, guys who were always talked about by the coaching staff or the front office, um, I, I think they're going to be out of luck if they don't step up. You know. And the other thing is, you know, when you have a new regime, and this is true in every sport, you know, the new regime, new coaches, new GMs don't have to have any loyalty to the players they inherited. Okay. The old GM and the old coaches always, you'll, you'll rarely see them cut one of their draft picks right away. Okay. Um, these guys don't care. They'll cut a 2020 draft pick if they have to. Maybe they did already. I don't know. I, I didn't pay attention to all their cuts, but. Um, they didn't cut any of their 2021 draft picks. I know that <laughs> they all yeah. they all made the 53 man roster. Um, 
but I think I think that's that'll be to me not just how the games go, but I'm interested to see how those players adjust to a new regime and if they can find some gear, some level of success that maybe they didn't have last year. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, it's going to be an interesting Falcon season. You know, I don't know how fun it's going to be, <laughs> but uh, at least we have cow pits, right? You know, just that, that he's going to do what he did in that one preseason game on, on two snaps every hey, single snap. If he snap. averages 27 yards a catch, I think it'll be good. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. I think, you know, that would put him on Levine Toilolo levels because I think there was a year where Toilolo had 20 plus yards of catch. Imagine thinking Kyle Pitts living in the shadow of Levine Toilolo. Jeff, I I really. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, I I appreciate you joining me talking about these various things. Um, Let the listeners know, you know, what you got going on at the the athletic and what you got coming in the next couple of days. Well, um, we've got, uh, as we're taping this, I've got um, uh, Arthur Blank Q&A online now. Uh, I'll have the first weekend predictions um, leading to the first college football week. I'll be at the Georgia Clemson game. And then next week, um, I'll probably kick it off with a Matt Ryan column um, going into the opening of the NFL season and uh, probably one or two other things during the week. And then I'll be, I'll be there at Mercedes Benz on Sunday to see, uh, to see what the show looks like. So guys, there you have it. Part two of our conversation with Jeff Schultz. You can find that Matt Ryan column up right now at the athletic at the athletic.com. I believe they're doing a 50% off subscriber thing. So go check out the athletic. As I always say, when we have a uh, guest on here from the athletic, you know, it is a great, bargain and great purchase for you because you're not just getting falcons content or atlanta sports content you're getting you know pretty much every city every sport you know football basketball all all of the above uh so it's a great value there uh so go check out jeff as well as the other thousands upon thousands of great pieces over at the athletic right now but that being said, I, I do appreciate Jeff for humoring me with this sort of uh, Julio Jones stuff and some of the bigger topics. And we'll get back into sort of the nitty gritty uh, type of topics, you know, maybe get a little bit more into the X's and O's with our next guest as part of our ongoing sort of preview series for this upcoming week one in in. Uh, 2021 season and tomorrow's episode will feature Charles McDonald of for the win at USA today. And we'll get Charles's thoughts on maybe some X's and O's stuff from Kyle Pitts and Dean P's and the like, before we duck out of here, guys, I do want to plug again, the run your pool locked on Falcons pick and pool. Again, if you want to join that for free, uh, you can do so by going to the locked on Falcons, Twitter page, finding the leak in, in the pin tweet at the top of the locked on Falcons, Twitter page, and you can click it, join it, sign up and, and you're, you're in, you're good to go. Of course you, you want to get in before Thursday. So that's why we're, we're plugging it. And in addition to plugging, you know, run your pool uh, and, and, you know, being able to pick games, you know, a way that you can enhance your ability to pick games is by checking out one of the daily podcasts here on the Lockdown Podcast Network that is devoted to, you know, picking winners. And that's the Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. And you can get Lee's daily picks, his blowout specials, his lock of the day to help you put a little bit more money in your pocket while you're owning that pick'em league here for the Lockdown Falcons podcast. And of course, you can find the Lockdown Bets podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast so guys i appreciate you guys for tuning in i hope you guys had a great relaxing weekend i know i did uh and so if you uh didn't then you know tough you know (laughs) 
<laughs> Good luck with that. Because, uh, you know, I don't think you're going to get any more relaxing weekends uh, for the next 18 weeks because the Atlanta Falcons are are here to stay uh, at least for the next four and a half months. So uh, good luck with that. And if you just need to someone to vent to, of course, you can do so by hitting me up on Twitter at Lockdown Falcons, on Facebook at Lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to Lockdown Falcons at mail dot com. And uh, there you guys have it. Appreciate it. Till then.